Greetings, Tarnished, and welcome to this week's episode of the Elden Archives at FromSoft Lorecast from the Robots Radio Rock Club. I am AK Spartan. I am joined by Gatsu. And actually, just some quick housekeeping this week. I wanted to clarify something about the episodes coming up and uh, some things of that nature. Uh, on a couple of the previous episodes, we've mentioned um, that the next month of episodes is already planned out. And then we realized that technically we started in December. It's now January, so it's a month later. Today's episode is on Radigan of the uh, Golden Order. And then the four episodes that we announced for the next four start next week. So the Empyrean month with uh, the Empyrean episode and then the three following that will start next week. So there's a little bit of a dis-sync with the, you know, like every month that we announce being the actual month on the calendar just because we started in the middle of December. So I just wanted to clarify that just so people can understand when things are coming up and what's going on there. With that out of the way, this is a big episode today. Gatsu, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, man. Um, I, I agree with you, though. I, this is the first episode that we're doing where you can actually encounter the thing, the thing we're talking about for yourself in the game, right? Because, I mean, the first two episodes, we were talking about events that had happened. Can't fight in an event. It's not a tangible thing. And then third episode, we talk about America. But again, we don't know what her abilities are. We, we don't fight her. So this is the first time where part of this is like our opinions on that fight. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I, get, I get what you yeah. mean, because because America, we, <laughs> because America, we find America's body at the end of the game. But I, I, I totally see what you mean. I mean, is that where you want to start? I mean, we can because that's a pretty big fight. I mean, that's I'm sure people listening have a lot of mixed opinions, especially once you get to that final. Uh, in, in my in my opinion, I think it really starts with Fire Giant. Once you get to Fire Giant and you're working through that just absolute slog of like Fire Giant, then Godskin Duo, then Malakath, then Godfrey. I'm not even going to mention Gideon Offnir because he's basically just a ragdoll that they throw in the middle there to make you feel better. And then ending with Radigan and then the Elden Beast. Those are all pretty challenging fights. Because I mean, and some people are going off and doing the Halitree in the middle of that. So you're doing Melania somewhere in there, too. What I mean, where do you land on this fight? I, I, I mean, did you do you think that the Radigan? Uh, well, I guess it's not really its own fight, but the Radigan phase of the Elden Beast fight is pretty difficult. Or do you have an easier time with this? I personally had a kind of an easy time with it because my strategy for it was, I mean, the build that I was using, I essentially just as a support used my mimic tier. Which I was playing that on a on a Dex build, so like I was just too quick for him to touch. Because I mean, he's not the only one, but like he's 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 kind of slow. He's got the big like overarching like hammer swings, and like if you ask me, I mean, he's one of the easier fights to read. Okay, well, and that's yeah, yeah, that's no, that's a because Mimitir is very good. First of all, I, I want to say that first, because I, I was going to ask that was going to be my next question is, did you summon or not? Because yeah. that, I think that plays not 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 saying not saying that it wouldn't have been you know easy for you either way. But I, I do think with something like Elden Ring, you have we have to specify that because there's not even there's even more than the normal types of summons because you have the summoning ashes and things like that. So you, but you think he's 
that that Radagon fight that he's a little slower compared to the some of the other bosses and easier. I I first of all, I want to say I think that's one of the cooler fights in the game. I I really like his move set and all the different. I mean, he, like he 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 feels to me like the legend we hear about and which I think that's cool because he's clearly not like at the, like when we fight him in the urgery, he is not at his peak. <laughs> that no. is, that is not Radigan in all. Well, his... I mean, the man's missing like half of his body. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I mean, and then at the end, he's literally turned into the sword by the Elden beast. So how much consciousness is really there? How much free will is really there at that point? You know, as he's serving the greater will, I, I like the, um, the, uh, the move where he, he kind of like just poofs, like he teleports and then he's, he's, yeah. he's right next to you and, and he does the burst of gold. I think that's pretty hard to, uh, to, to read sometimes. The short of it, I, I don't think it's a super easy fight, but I definitely think there's plenty harder in the game. I mean, I would put it right around the middle, which I guess for the final boss or part of the final boss fight would make it easy. Cause I also think Elden Beast is pretty easy, which I know a lot of people find that fight really tedious. And I don't fully disagree. I don't necessarily disagree with that. I agree that it can be tedious sometimes, especially depending on your RNG, but I think it's pretty easy, but. Uh, the move where he just starts smacking the ground repeatedly and making the increasingly larger uh, cracks and, and bursts of gold is so easy to punish uh, once you get behind him and you get out of the way of it that I think that it makes the rest of the fight a lot because he'll toss me around for a good little bit and then he'll go to pull that out and I'll get behind him. I'll heal back to full health and I'll do like a quarter chunk of his health and then we'll just repeat it. It's you're just basically like participating in this little dance he's he's got but it's like long form trading yeah it's like because yeah. we're not we're not doing like heavy attack trading where it's like we're just hitting each other and then hitting each other it's just it's just like he'll wear me down a little bit but then he's gonna do his slowest move that i can i have just all day to do whatever i want and i'll heal back up and i'll and i'll get some hits in and then and, and of course I'm, it's not like i'm not getting hits in while he's tossing me around i'm just also getting tossed around <laughs> And when I say that it was like one of the easier fights, I don't mean I don't want to get it misconstrued in any way. Like I didn't first try it. I don't think there was a boss that I first tried. Well, and I don't um, think I don't think you're doing anything wrong by saying because people have to keep in mind these games are very weird because these games are so mechanically sound. Uh, like there are boss fights. Like there are people that think Malaketh is an incredibly easy fight, and I think that's one of the hardest fights in the game I've ever played. Of like any game, yeah, not, not just FromSoft, like any, like any game. Without without using the blasphemous claw, that fight gives me more problems than the than Sword Saint Ishin, the final boss of Sekiro, which like some people talk about as the hardest boss in gaming. Period. And I, I have more problems with Malaketh than Sword Saint Ishin. I have more problems with Malakath than most of the stuff in Bloodborne. I, like Malakath is tough. Uh, and in my opinion, because again, there's a lot of people that are like, we'll just use the Blasphemous Claw or just summon or just do this or just use this build or whatever. And I'm like, okay. But that's, I don't think you're doing anything wrong by saying it's easy or, or in your opinion that it's easy because I don't think it's that hard either. And again, there's like, the, the uh, there's so many different builds and there's so many different mechanics with these games that like, some people find certain things impossible that to the next person might be, you know, the easiest thing in the game and vice versa. 
But yeah, with that, I, I, I'm glad we, I'm glad you brought that up because we haven't actually gotten to talk too much. Like you said, we haven't, we haven't talked about anything that we fought yet. Moving into the rest of this about Radigan, because Radigan's a pretty central figure. Uh, and even the things that he doesn't do himself, he's connected to a lot through his family and things like that. And just to catch people up to speed, we talked about Radigan a decent amount last week in the Queen America episode, because of course there's the theory that Radigan and America are literally the same entity at this point. He's also fathered two children with America, whether they're the same being or not, uh, Mikola and Melania. And then he was previously the father of Ronnie, Reichert, and Radon uh, in Liernia with Queen Renala of the Full Moon, fought in wars for America and things of that nature. And the one thing, one thing I do want to point out before we get into some newer stuff with Radigan, and I know, I know, Gasa, you wanted to talk about some of the stuff with the Fire Giants and his stuff there. The Radigan Source Seal and Radigan Scar Seal item descriptions. We talked about America's Source Seal and America's Scar Seal last week. The, the one thing I just want to point out before we get into things is how I just mentioned there's that theory that America and Radigan are the same entity. And the item descriptions for their Source Seals and Scar Seals are actually exactly the same. And if you remember from last week, the America's Source Seal references the solemn duty uh, references that solemn duty weighs upon the, the one beholden, not unlike a gnawing curse from which there is no deliverance. So Radigan's Sorcil says the exact same thing with the uh, reference to the gnawing curse from which there is no deliverance. I, I'm not saying that's full proof that they're the same person, but it definitely sounds like there's because those are the only two that have Sorcil and Scar Seals. So. I, I just I just want to before we really crack this open, I just wanted to say that there is that theory that they might be the same person and they are directly being attributed to having the same punishment or same curse or apparent curse and also both being chosen by the gods. What are what are some of your thoughts just on some of the stuff we've talked about with Radigan already? Well, the thing it's kind of a common theme a little bit in the lanes between of some person comes from some place. We don't know where they came from, but they're here now. There's at some point when you're learning about Radigan's history, I want to say it's either in a talisman or something of that sort. I don't remember, but it, it is an item description where it talks about how Radigan is a lone warrior from across the fog. And how he just kind of showed up one day. I just think it's interesting that, I mean, assuming shortly after he showed up, he went sh almost straight to just waging war on the Carrions over in uh, Liernia, which it's just, it makes me wonder, like, what is, what is your mission, sir? What is, uh, what are you trying to achieve here? Which, I mean, I guess, sure, you could say, yeah, he just wants to conquer but I also, I feel like it's a bit more than that. I feel like there, it's not just as simple as he's just here to, to mess stuff up. What his true, you know, goals are, I mean, it's definitely more. It was more than just, I'm here to take over. Well, and I mean, if, if he and America are the same entity, and that's uh, because that's uh, that's the most prevalent theory currently, because I've never seen that he came from across the fog. I've seen that coming out of nowhere. I've also seen the stuff about him having despised his own red hair, which kind of alludes to connection to the the mountaintops of the giants, because the because the 
canonically red-haired race is the fire giants. And there was there was something that mentioned it was uh, the red hair was perhaps the result of a curse by red haired fire giants. I don't fully understand a lot of the stuff with the fire giants. And because there's a lot of cursing that starts going on with like when America meets the fire giants and the fire giants have done some other stuff. And there's a lot of like the the cardinal sin and things like that. He definitely I, I like what you said about him coming out of nowhere because that I but I like what you said about him coming out of nowhere because America basically did the exact same thing. I mean, we were trying to piece together where we thought America came from. Right. Wherever the lands of Newman is. Which is that is definitely outside the fog. That is that is definitely outside the fog. What his goals were, I think, entirely depends on where listeners and where we land on if he's the same person as the same entity as America. Because if because if he is the same entity as America, the next thing to parse out would be at what point did was that original? Like did did he was he separated? Was he a part of America that was broken away and sent out to the fire giants and sent out to Liernia? Or was he like fused in? Was he originally his own person? And then became part of America and one entity later on, because I think I think if he was originally his own person, he would obviously have his own goals and his own motivations. And then it's like, well, what's going on there? But if he was originally part of America and he was just like broken off and sent out to do these things as part of her plans and as part of like her godhood. I well, I would just assume that he would I mean, her his motivations would align up with hers to some extent. But then, of course, we see that after she uh, shatters the Elden Ring, he attempts to repair it. So that also makes me wonder if he ever had his own motivations, because I also think there's an angle to this where maybe Radigan came out of nowhere, not because he was created by America or like America separated him from herself. But um, I mean, I, I think if you think about it, I mean, I, I don't we, we're not really clear on how the greater will, or I guess how, how obvious America's beginning to question the greater will was like, like, because in, in game, a lot of characters aren't really sure what the greater will even is. And so in my, from my perspective, I think that what if the greater will was creating Radigan to send Radigan out to do all these things on the greater, because remember, and we're going to, and, and I want to talk about, we're going to dive into this next a little bit more, but Radigan is one of the strictest golden order fundamentalists. And according to, uh, up to, according to some people, the founder of golden order fundamentalism. So he is a very hard line believer in the golden order and the, uh, the faith, the religion or the ideology centered around the greater will. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that the greater will created Radigan and sent Radigan to do all these things and sent Radigan to become part of America. And that is why America and Radigan don't have the same intentions because Radigan's Radigan's intentions are not his own. Radigan's intentions are from the greater will because he was created by the greater will, which is why the greater will and the Elden Beast can turn him back into a ribcage sword. I definitely, yeah, I, I, I see the point kind of aligns with, I mean, my head canon, which was that, that America herself was a vessel for the Elden Ring. I mean, we literally find it inside of her body. So what I personally like to think is 
the the greater will perhaps put Radigan inside of her, kind of forced her to have two souls in one body as part of this like servitude towards the greater will. So when they split at some point, because I, again, I, I definitely think it, they had to have split at some point. There's no way they did. So, so you think she, that Radigan was definitely always a part of America and America. So, so who, who split? So America split Radigan away from herself and sent Radigan out. Yeah. I would assume so okay. because I mean, if she's, if she's, uh, and this is obviously before the, sh- the ring got shattered, the other ring got shattered. Right. This but, would be, yeah, this would be, I mean, this is before the war with the fire giants, the, f- the war with the Karians. Yeah. This is long before then. I mean, if she's smart enough to figure out how to do something like that, getting this quote unquote parasite out of her body wouldn't seem too far of a stretch for me well but that's kind of my thing is it's not out of her body like i mean we we find her crumbling in, into dust uh she she doesn't she doesn't make it out of whatever happens to her and we don't know exactly what happens to her or how long she's been in the earth tree or anything like that but that's kind of what has me thinking that the greater will is responsible for putting Radigan, potentially putting Radigan into the world, because I feel like if he was originally part of America and America was broke her, broke Radigan off from herself, America would have more control over what Radigan was doing. And she doesn't have control over what Radigan is doing, at least by the time we get to the game. And with that, we both wanted to talk about whether we thought Radigan was the founder of fundamentalism. And what I mean by fundamentalism is, of course, golden order fundamentalism, which is a, a sect of incant, both incantations and ideological thought between used by and developed by characters in the in the world of the lands between within the golden order. They contain, you know, various spells or I mean, incantations and different things like that, but also different tenets of the Golden Order and this subgroup of the Golden Order, the Golden Order Fundamentalists. One of the first ones I want to look at, the first incantation, because there's two that are kind of seen as the uh, the tenets of the Golden Order, Fundamentalists of the Golden Order, and that's the Law of Causality and Law of Regression. And people actually are probably pretty familiar with Law of Causality because it's a pretty popular or I don't know, I don't actually know if it still is because I don't play a lot of PvP, but this was a pretty popular PvP spell back when I played a little bit more PvP and invasions and such. Because for those who don't know, uh, this is the the uh, incantation that manifests a ring of causality around you, or within, within you, that whenever you are hit a certain number of times, uh, you automatically retaliate, which you basically explode. If you cast this spell and you're in a fight and you start getting kind of worked a little bit, you just blow up with, with you know, a burst of damage and, and retaliate to your foe. And it's very strong and it's good. In, it's good in PVP because if people don't see you get it off, especially they, they don't know and they're just, you know, they'll get a couple of hits in and then boom, damage explosion. But the ideological side of the law of causality, uh, the, the main sentence we wanted to look at here from the item description for the incantation says the fundamentalists describe the golden order through the powers of regression and causality. Causality is the pull between meanings, that which links all things in a chain of relation. And then the law of regression, the, uh, the, the end of the item description there, the first sentence is the same about the fundamentalists describe the golden order as these two things. 
But the second for regression says regression is the pull of meaning that all things yearn eternally to converge. So what do you what do you think about those two concepts in terms of what we already know about Radigan? And what do you think those what do you think that already tells us about the golden order fundamentalists? Just hearing because those those kind of those those are like the law of regression also mentions in the item description that it's one of the key fundamentals. So, I mean, those are those are two key beliefs that that everything yearns to eternally converge. And that everything is linked in a chain of relation. I mean, it, it definitely goes to show that he has a very strong understanding of the golden order and perhaps, you know, by relation, the greater will. I'd argue he probably maybe even has a better understanding of it than America is, which I think is, I mean, clear by the time the events of the game are happening because, you know, she's lost all faith in it. So it's very interesting. I mean, the the line regression is the pull of meaning that all things yearn eternally to converge. That really, I mean, it feels like, you know, it's talking about Radigan America there. Yeah, it feels like that to me feels like a little bit of evidence to them being or a little bit of a not evidence, maybe, but like a uh, like a wink, wink to them being the same person or them ending up the same person, right. at least. Because, I mean, there's a there's a bit of a more examples like throughout the game itself of things, you know, desiring to, you know, converge and become their truest selves. Like my immediately, I think of Bach, the NPC, and he just wants to be his best self and, and, and grow to be his diversion and just in a sense kind of, kind of converge with you. But that, that story doesn't end very well, but he's got a point. There's definitely a clear pattern of things wanting to become whole in the land between. Okay. Yeah. So you're saying almost like, um, Because I could see, especially with him spending so much time in Liurnia, because Liurnia is a place where there's a lot. I mean, there's the creation of the Albanorix, which is a, a, you know, completely artificial race that is made by, you know, I I don't know if you want to call it black science or or dark black magic or dark magic or whatever, you know, forbidden mat, whatever it is. Uh, you know, the Albanorix, there's two generations of different Albanorix. And, and I, I'd love to do an episode on the Albanorix at some point. So a fun fact, little fun fact. I shouldn't say fun fact. Little little tidbit about the Albanorix. The second generation of the Albanorix was made physically stronger, but without the ability to verbally communicate with one another. So they would be more subservient to their their creators. That is yeah, not I mean, great. That's not that fun. Yeah, um, but those I, are the I, frog looking guys, right? Yeah, those are the goofy, the goofy frog guys. Um, and then the, the other, the other generation are the guys with uh, the broken legs, like Loretta and or not Loretta. Um, what is her name? The uh, I'm blanking on it. The archer girl that you can take, uh, you find Loretta's her in the cave and you bring her to the end of the uh, game. It's not like Loretta. Loretta's a boss, but and. Yeah, the and in the Halleck tree, yeah. But I want to, I want to, we, we should get back to the, God, it's so easy to get off on end of stuff. It's such a big game. I kind of want to throw out, because we, we, we posed the question of if we thought Radigan was 
the founder of fundamentalism. And I think that's an important piece here because we were talking about some of the tenants. We established the two core tenants based on what we know from the game. But I think there's kind of a smoking gun here that can really indirectly, but pretty clearly indirectly tell us that Radigan is the founder of fundamentalism because the uh, we get the law of regression incantation, the one we just talked about, from an item known as the golden the golden uh, principia, uh, golden order principia. And that's one of the, the books uh, like throughout the most of the rest of the game where uh, you give it to a merchant and you get various uh, incantations and things like that. The golden order principia only grants you two incantations, one of which is the law of regression. The other of which is Radigan's rings of light. Radigan's rings of light. I mean, obviously it's, it's Radigan's name is right there in the name, but the item description there uh, names it as one of the incantations of the Golden Order Fundamentalists, but also specifically states that it was a gift of gratitude to the young Mikola from his father, Radigan. And there's also Triple Rings of Light, which is another incantation of the Golden Order Fundamentalists that was a gift from the young Mikola to his father, Radigan. So one of the two incantations that we can learn from the Golden Order Principia is an incantation that is seemingly created by Radigan himself as a gift for his demigod son, his Empyrean son. Having one of the only two incantations we can learn from a text titled the Golden Order Principia, so titled, titled after the Golden Order, it's a text of the Golden Order, and having one of the other two being one of the two core tenets of that order makes me feel like that's Radigan's text or or was a text given from Radigan to Mikula, perhaps something of that nature. I, I just think that the, that connection there I, uh, between the, the fact that only you can only get Radigan's personal gift to his son and then one of the core tenets of fundamentalism from from the the Golden Order text there is a pretty clear but indirect still because it doesn't directly tell us. Uh, indication that this is this is Radigan's teachings. This is Radigan's ideology. Also, I mean, with in tandem with, um, I just looked it up. I was curious. So the word principia comes from the Latin. Uh, I'm not going to try and I will butcher, but um, it's Latin in origin, and it so basically it means fundamental beginnings, right? So the Golden Order Principia is the fundamental beginnings of the golden order and who's better suited than Radigan himself to come up with these things. So I think, you know, in tandem with just like that basic dictionary definition and what we see in the game, I mean, come on, it's, it's kind of hard to argue that he didn't start this. Yeah. And, and I think at least in terms of the golden order principia, like there is a read where, because that the Radigan Strings of Light was a gift to Mikola. And there's also a, uh, a section in the item description for the triple rings of light, which I had mentioned was the gift from Mikola to Radigan. Now that that's, I, I, it's getting a little confusing there, uh, potentially. Triple Rings of Light was a gift from Mikola to Radigan. Radigan's Rings of Light was a gift from Radigan to Mikola. But in the item description for uh, Radigan's Rings of Light, see, I had actually had it mixed up. I'm glad I can stop to, to, to establish that there. 
for Radigan's Rings of Light, the final line mentions that, and yet the young Mikola abandoned fundamentalism for it could do nothing to treat Melania's accursed rot. This was the beginning of unalloyed gold. I do think that based on that, uh, been the mention of that this was a gift to Mikola and things of that nature. There's a potential that Mikola wrote the Principia because he would have known these because like if he abandoned fundamentalism, he would have known the core tenets of it. So he could have, he could have been the one that like, you know, documented or, or, or left the spell in the book. But the only two people it could be were Mikola and Radigan and Radigan gave the ideas to Mikola. So that again, that would, that would be a cl- pretty clear sign that Radigan is the founder of this ideology. Well, I mean, too, you know, you, you mentioned that he kind of abandoned this cause. I don't personally, I wouldn't write a book about something that I have no more interest in. Oh, it's his father's. I mean, it's his father's teachings. It's the fundamental beginnings. I mean, I, I, I mean, either Radigan, either Radigan compiled it and gave it to Mikola, and that's how he learned these, you know, and, and and things of that nature, or Mikola compiled it maybe after Radigan, because Radigan disappears. Like nobody, nobody talks about it. But like when America disappears, Radigan disappears. It's what it seems like because Radigan's seal is on the Erd tree, and we fight Radigan inside. So. Like Mikola would have lost Godwin, Merica, and Radigan simultaneously. Actually, now that or I'm, at least like within the oh yeah, not simultaneously because yeah. Merica was imprisoned after the sh- correct, but like uh, yeah. Godwin during the night of within Black a few days. Godwin during well within a few probably centuries with how crazy the lands between is, but like because yeah. Godwin Godwin being the night of Black Knives and then Merica being imprisoned after the shattering and Radigan vanishing when Merica vanished. I, I would definitely, yeah, that would make sense to me. And actually, I wanted to look at that as we wrap it up, because that is one of the, uh, those two incantations, Triple Rings of Light and uh, Radigan's Rings of Light, are some of the only examples of Radigan, or some of the only documented examples of Radigan having close exchanges with his children. Like, I can't think of a lot of item descriptions that talk about Radigan having an extremely close bond with Radon or Reichard or Ronnie or any of them. I There's definitely stuff about how strong his love was with Renala at one point. And I definitely have seen item descriptions and, and lore bits about Radon, how Radon respected his father. and But Radon mostly looked up to Godfrey. I mean, Radon made his armor set based on the lion that will have the lion that is on Godfrey's back. But these two incantations point to, at least at one point, Radigan having a very both hands-on and seemingly close relationship with Mikola. I, I mean, he he not only received an incantation uh, uh, based in his beliefs from Mikola, but, you know, designed one of his own and gifted it back to him. So, I, I mean, what, what do you think about that? Just because, I mean, at the end of the day, these are all de- uh, stories of... Well, while they are demigods, it is fathers and sons and step siblings and step parents and things of that nature. And it's, you know, Game of Thrones and, you know, George R. R. Martin interconnected families, you know, just with the just with the power levels turned up a little bit. And and uh, the indication that he's got a close bond or at least maybe at one point had a close bond with his son, I think is pretty, pretty telling. Well, when I think about their relationship, Mikola and Radigan, the thing that comes to mind is we, as far as I know, 
personally. We don't really know what Mikola's quote unquote job was in this world. We know what he has done through item descriptions and whatnot, but we don't know what his position was in this, in the lands between, in this family dynamic. So if you, I mean, if you ask me, it definitely felt like Radigan was looking to Mikola as a sort of heir to the throne type thing, where he had basically envisioned Mikola as the successor to this, you know, this fundamental fundamentalists of the golden order thing that he had been working on. I mean, we just got done talking about he had tried to, he had gotten him into it a little bit, but then I'm not sure because yeah, when he tried to show thanks for the gift that Mikola gave him, then Mikola was like, ah, nah, I'm, I'm good. Um, so I definitely, yeah, I definitely think, you know, Radigan was probably just trying to get his, his son ready for, you know, leading this, the next wave of golden order fundamentalists and just, you know, golden order followers. But it clearly didn't go the way that he had envisioned it going. You're definitely onto something about, Radigan wanting to uh, kind of groom Mikola for a higher position, perhaps. Something else I was thinking about, because we know from the game that Mikola was cursed with uh, eternal youth. Like Melania's curse is the Scarlet Rot. Mikola's curse was eternal childhood or eternal youth. Something that I don't think gets talked about very often is that at least back before whatever cocoon, whatever happened at the Halig Tree and whatever happened with Moog to Mikola, because I, I, by the time we see the the egg and all that or the all that stuff down in Mo, Mo, the Moglin's palace. Uh, I would I would say a lot of time has passed in the lands between, and Mikola has probably been distorted in some way. And I'm sure we're going to find that out in the DLC. But before all of the events of the game, and like back in the time where we're talking about this, like back in the time where Radigan would have gifted this to Mikola, I think something that doesn't get talked about enough with Mikola being cursed with eternal childhood is that he wouldn't have been on the battlefield. Somebody, somebody who's a child, who literally is, has a child's body, wouldn't have been out there knocking, you know, knocking it up on the battlefield with all of the enemies of the Golden Order or all of the enemy. You know, he wouldn't have been out there with Radon on the front lines. He wouldn't have been out there with Riker, you know, you know, doing Inquisitor stuff. He would have been in with with Radigan, perhaps studying and working on scholarly pursuits. He's a child. That doesn't mean he doesn't have talent. That doesn't mean because he's not literally a child. I mean, he's cursed with eternal youth. So I definitely think that perhaps part of why Radigan's connection with Mikola seems like it might be a little stronger than some of his with his other children would be because perhaps they spent more time together because Mikola was <laughs> Mikola was stuck inside. Mikola had no other choice but to you know, delve into all of these scholarly pursuits. He wasn't going to be a fighter. No, I definitely, I agree with you. I mean, it would just be. I he's, a, he's, right. he's, 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 the way they describe him, he's, he's, he's eternally youthful. Right. And all the, all of the depictions of him, you know, within statues and whatnot, the ones you find around the Haley tree, he's, yeah, he's just a, a small child on the outside. You know, on the inside, he's, you know, however, however old these, these demigod children are, it would just been, it would have been reckless, you know, for the, for them to send this small, like, what is he going to do? Swing a sword around? <laughs> They'll fall over. Well, and that's what I mean. So he would have been, I, I, I just don't think it would have been out of, 
I just think it's possible that he was, because he was stuck studying inside because of his physical, potential physical limitations, because of his curse, that he spent more time with Radigan because, because Radigan is also a scholar of sorts, because Radigan is a fundamentalist. These are scholarly pursuits. You know, these are tenets, these are teachings, these are ideological things. So Radigan pursuing those things, Mikola always being not on the battlefield because of his physical limitations, I think creates an avenue there. Right. Because, I mean, like, Radigan, not only is he a warrior, but I think, at least to me, it's apparent he's a pretty smart guy. Not only is he coming up with these these incantations, but, I mean, he he's the one that created, or at least he's the one that had the, the amber egg that Ranala has, and he gave it to her. Right. Yeah, he's not. But yeah, he's not he's not like a uh, like a warrior's warrior, like a Hora Lu. He's more like a uh, like a warrior scholar. I definitely see what you're saying. I think that's going to be it for us this week on this episode. We had a lot there about Radigan. We also had some stuff there about Mikula. And we're going to talk about Mikula in a couple of weeks. Mikula is part of our next four slate of episodes. We're going to talk about Empyreans outright, just as a more general episode covering some what we know about being Empyrean, maybe how you can get to how you become an Empyrean or what makes you chosen as an Empyrean. And then we're going to have episodes on Mikula, Melania, and Lunar Princess Ronnie, the three Empyreans that we know of in-game that we have not talked about. Obviously, we talked about Queen America the Eternal last week. Other than that, as always, you can hit us up at theelementarchives at gmail.com. You can send us responses about what you thought about the episode, theories that you have about things that we've already talked about, theories you have about things that we haven't talked about yet, but you know we're going to talk about. If we get a theory before the episode comes out, we will incorporate that into the episode. And if, you know, we get some type of response or anything like that, I've said before, we will work them into the episodes as best we can. I think that's important and that's something that we want to do. We are also on Twitter at The Elden Archives. Uh, and then also Gatsu is at 995. I am at Elden Spartan. And I'm not at just the numbers nine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I'm Gatsu nine nine five. Yeah, no, yeah. Oops. I forgot. I because I had double said the I had already said the Gatsu before that. But yeah. So you guys can all everybody can hit us up there if interested. Obviously, this is on, you know, Spotify, everything of that nature. This is through the Robots Radio Rocket Club. So, of course, check out the Robots Radio Network, any shows there that you might be interested in. There's a Robots Radio Discord if you're looking for a community to be a part of and maybe play some games. And other than that, I, I mean, we're still thinking of the four episodes coming up next. So I guess the last thing I would say is if you have any big suggestions on what you would want us to cover after this Empyrean month, these next four episodes... Definitely send those in because we are have no final decisions or anything. And it, it, this is we kind of had these first two months a little bit mapped out as you would when you're creating a new show. And from that point, it's a lot more open ended. And so if you have thoughts, obviously, please, please share them, because we would love to tailor this to talk about things that people want us to be talking about. Other than that, I appreciate everyone's time and thank you for listening. And we will see you all at the foot of the earth tree. Hello, Vault Dwellers. Join me, Jaxus, Sassy Lady Rover, Eric, and the creator, Maverick, as we take topics from the Fallout universe and discuss them with other diverse individuals. 
We can be found wherever you listen to your podcast. You can follow us on YouTube. You can also find us on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it using at FalloutRTD. You can send us an email using FalloutRTD at gmail.com. Join us. The conversation has already started.